The Swain Event Podcast is driven by Beatty Chevrolet. For your new and pre-owned vehicle shopping needs, visit BeattyChevrolet.com. And the middle's got his man, and he's gone. Jason Swain, touchdown. It's time for the Swain Event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whip him. It's time for the Swain Event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Give me two and a red flag. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. 865-255-03 is our telephone number. Kevin Simon, a former Tennessee linebacker, live here with me in the Low T Center studio, filling in for Ben McKee. It is Thursday, July the 13th. We are one day closer to SEC Media Days, which means we are one day closer to the start of the football season. It is a countdown. At this point of the year, until football season, but you got summer league going on with the NBA. You got several Tennessee Volunteers uh, performing. How about Uros? Uros yesterday for the Atlanta Hawks. Let's go, Uros. Kevin Simon. Good morning, man. Man, blessing, highly favored. Uh, it's a blessing to be on with y'all today. Uros, Uros. That's my man. Uros. Hit a three pointer yesterday, and That's my did, man did not hesitate at all. We'll pull up on you. I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why, 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 why you ain't do this at Tennessee?" And because I knew, for I whatever know. reason, he wasn't in the game very often. Well, I mean, he when he was, he wasn't given the green light to, to to shoot those shots. No, and I and I get it. He was hacking people and 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 always wanted to fight a, a, somebody, but. I mean, I just liked seeing him. I mean, I felt like he made some positive progress this past season. You know, obviously his uh, his field goal percentage was around fifty nine percent. That's pretty good in my book. And uh, not for somebody seven foot, Kevin. I, it had to be higher. Fifty nine percent. I think it. I think it had to be higher. I mean, Kevin, you you you, I, you seven foot. You you right around the rims. Fifty nine percent. That's that's not gonna work. It got to be higher than that. Let me look it up. It has to be. It might have been 64%. It might have been 59%. 59.9. For, for his career. Hold on. All right. Let's see what it was last year. I think it was 64% last year. Man. But you're right, though. He he improved yeah. so much during his time here at Tennessee. And, and, and he, but he didn't get minutes, though. And that's the thing I didn't really understand. Like, like, we didn't really use him, especially towards the end. His best game of the season was was that first one against Kentucky. Okay. Went for 19 against him. Okay. 64% from Boom. the field. Boom. Which, hey, man, that's 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 dang good. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's good. That's good. 64%. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand why Uros wasn't used at certain times. I do understand why he was used in games like Kentucky because he's a big body. He was, big, he was able to physically – 
uh, banging the paint with Oscar Sheedway, but um, some games the matchup went up, went against him because of his size and, and lack of foot speed caused him to to not play as many minutes. And sometimes he found himself in the doghouse a little bit too with Rick Barnes. But like, dude, yesterday watching him on the perimeter playing in the in the corner and the lack of hesitation getting a ball i think it's around the slot area uh on the left side he caught it in rhythm stroked it let me let me pull up on you man he stroked it and so i'm just i'm rooting for uros man yeah. rooting for him there was times i was upset at him during the game but as a whole i am rooting for him i hope he makes the hawks i hope he makes whatever team he is trying out for, and he extends his professional career. That's what I hope. That's all I care about for Uros. Big fan of his. Yeah. The only thing I'm going to say, I just felt like he was a talent squandered. Felt like we could have got more out of him than what we did. And and listen, I mean, you're talking to the novice basketball fan. I'm a casual fan. Um, You know, obviously, Jason, he knows way more about it. Than I do, but the doghouse, Jason. He was a doghouse. Huh? I, I, I don't care. I don't want to hear about the doghouse. He's in the doghouse. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't want to hear about the doghouse. Yeah. I get it. Like he's in foul trouble all the time, but I mean, go ahead and, and let him let him foul out. I mean, shoot, we didn't even see him enough to foul out. Um, more times than not. And and I, and I get what you're saying about you know lack of. I actually thought the guy was pretty athletic. Be seven foot. You know what I'm saying in terms of creating block shots. Creating difficult shots in the paint, you're getting rebounds. I mean, there's not a whole lot of seven footers in Kyle's basketball. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna have to we're gonna have to agree to disagree on on, on the Uros thing. I guess. So. Uh, I guess so. Can, can the Tennessee Vols in the text box? We early in the text box. The Betty Chevrolet text box. I think Barnes restricting players to run his offense, and Uber focus on defense. Triple. This Tennessee basketball on offense. Love Barnes, but that's the criticism with some truth to it. I don't get that criticism. Because what coach doesn't restrict their players to run the offense that's designed to run? Like, here's the offense. This is what you're supposed to do. And if you don't do it, if you're not in the right place at the right time where you're supposed to be, you don't play. It's alignment and assignment. And so, like, Rick Barnes' offense works when guys are able to do what they're told to do, make shots. Uros, it's a reason why he wasn't given the green light to shoot three-pointers. We saw Grant Williams not shoot a bunch of three-pointers, and then when he got to the NBA, was one of the best 3 and D guys since he has been there. So you can work on your shot in the offseason. And it is July. The basketball season for Tennessee ended in March. Guess what happened? Uros worked on his three. That's what he worked on because he knew he was going to the pro game and he needed that outside shot. That's what happened. It wasn't that he always was able to shoot that way and Rick Barnes was like, you know what? We're going to prevent one of our best three-point shooters from shooting in the game and helping us win. That's what we're going to do. No, that's not what happened. So this... This this notion that Rick Barnes' offense is 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 antiquated and it just restricts guys from 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 being successful. Grant Williams was a 
National Player of the Year candidate. If it wasn't for Zion being a freak, he probably would have won it. Yeah, he probably would have <laughs> So, like, if you're good and you make shots, you do what you're supposed to do, I, the offense works. The, like, Jordan Bowden, dude, that the double curl cut action in their motion offense, man, he would feast off of those when he was making shots, but he but there was times when he didn't make shots, and so he would struggle, and then you, we just blame Rick Barnes' offense. So, like, if if Joe Milton throws the ball to the other team and throws the ball over receivers' heads or in the dirt, and we have running backs fumble, and we have tight ends missing assignments, and we have receivers running the wrong route, guess who's going to get the blame for the offense being a little off this year? It's going to be Josh Hype. Oh, man, the offense is off. No, dudes ain't doing what they're supposed to be doing. That's how I look at it, man. I, I put more responsibility on players than than I do coaches. And and hopefully you agree with that, Kevin, because you've been a player, you've been a coach, you've been in those coaching meeting rooms watching film, watching game film, and saying, what the hell is he doing? We didn't practice that. We didn't walk through with that. We had a meeting on Friday night. We went through it in our game notes and our test before the, the 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 night. He said he knew what he was doing. Look at this. He went the opposite way. He was coached up. Tell me I'm lying, Kevin. Does that not happen? It does happen. But you know what really <laughs> happens in those situations? Get him off the field. It's simple as that. Yeah. Put it's, somebody else in. It's, it's simple as that. So, like. As a player, man, there were times when, like, like I remember when I remember when uh, P Dub got fired, Pat Watson got fired, yeah, and I was like, dang, it wasn't all his fault. I mean, we was out there dropping balls. I mean, we was the one that's not making plays. I seen it. It. I, <laughs> I know you did. You was on the defense. You was on the sideline going. Catch the ball. What the hell's going on? We put you in a perfect position. I was like, Vince Lombardi, what the hell's going on out there? <laughs> I mean, 2005 <laughs> off uh, defense, whew, that, that defense was stout. That was a national championship defense. And I yeah. know y'all were pissed uh, at interceptions and drop balls and, and, and offensive all I could possession do is, being stagnant. All I could do is smile. Cry smiles? Oh, yes. You, you, you were smiling on the outside but the, crying on the inside? The smiles on your face. <laughs> yeah. But like... Like, we we didn't make the plays. It wasn't like we didn't know what to do, but Pat Washington got fired. And that's an example of when, like, coaches get just too much blame. Now, there's sometimes when coaches deserve all the blame, but not all the time, man, all the time. Like, like Volfan on the text box, the Betty Chevrolet text box. This is what I'm talking about. I'm with you, Volfan. Uros hit 1-3. He shot, like, 30% from the free throw line. He isn't a three-point shooter. Grant also went 0 for 25 from three when he started. It took him a while to, to develop his three. Like, this notion that Uros, because he made one three in the NBA, is like, oh, man, Rick Barnes, dude, he held Uros back. He should have been shooting more threes in college. Dude shot like 30% from the free throw line. Whoa, 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 whoa. No one said all that. I'm just saying put him no, in no, no, that no. game. My man on the text box. Oh, I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. All right. Let me say one thing, though. You can say a lot of things. We got time today. Cool. I, li- I like that. I like time. I feel like, again, this is, this is a casual basketball fan speaking. 
I feel like the signature of Rich Barnes' teams are the defense, how the defense plays. And it's almost like they exert so much effort and energy on the defense that they get back on the offensive end. It's kind of like, I mean, it might as well be like Rucker Park. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I don't like to talk to me about the offense because when I watch them, I don't see a whole lot of rhythm. I don't see a whole lot of flow. Mm-hmm. And I see a good bit of inconsistency on offense from game to game. Mm-hmm. So you talk to me about the offense. Here's my biggest gripe or criticism of Rick Barnes. Um, I've seen the same motion offense, the action for the last couple of years, even when this team was number one in the country. Same motion offense. Uh, they've run some different sets here and there, take advantage of, of different matchups. But like just in terms of just motion offense, it looks the same to me. Um, the difference is it's the personnel. So, like, last year we were stagnant because our personnel was off. Like, we, we didn't have guys that when the play breaks down and you went through your motion, your, your, your primary option, secondary option, your third or fourth option, like, after those options were exhausted, all right, who's going to make a play at this point? Like, who's going to pick and roll, get to the cup, create their own shot, or create a shot for somebody else? Zakai Ziegler was the only dude. That can and, create off the dribble. And, and and after he got hurt, it just. Yeah. So here, here's here's the fair criticism. Rick, why didn't you construct the roster better? Like, look what he did in the transfer portal. You got Freddie DeLeon, DeLeon coming in, um, who will be a freshman, but he's already projected to be a first-round pick. He's a bucket getter, a guy that can create his own shot. You went to the portal and got more dudes that can create their own shot and can shoot from the outside. And so that, I think, was the focus. The moment we lost to FAU in the tournament was, hey, man, we got to go get more dudes that can create their own shot, get to the cup, and not rely on getting a screen or being wide open to get a shot. So that's that's the fair criticism. Not that the offense doesn't work, but Rick – with the roster construction, it could have been better with more dudes that were slashers and shooters. All right. So, uh, so, so myself and many folks listening, I, I believe we have the same question. Are we seeing things or are there multiple times that the clock is running down and somebody has to jack up an ill-advised shot? Like talk to me about the ball movement because when I watch them, there's times when it's okay or when it's when it's good. But I feel like there's a number of times when it's not. And then it's just it's just like, is this guy hot today? Is Vascovi, is he hot? Is uh, Jordan's decide James, is he hot today? And if they're not hot, then it's almost like the ball movement doesn't seem to be what you want. Talk to me. So like if you if you can't get past your defender and draw somebody else it makes it real difficult because if you're handling the ball and, and the guy's right in front of you, you're not creating an a, a opportunity for your teammate to get a wide open look. So the thing about Zakai Ziegler that was so special is that he would blow past his defender and he would force one of his teammates defender to help. And then when that happened, he dumped to the post player or he had a perimeter player that was open for a shot. And so when he was out, like, 
we we struggled because mm-hmm. you didn't have guys like that. Now, Zakai was so valuable during the season that he couldn't afford to get in foul trouble. There was times in the game late he was being overly aggressive. Yeah. Which, hey, man, if you got one foul in the second half, you could take some chances. But, like, if you got two fouls in the first half, hey, man, you, you got you to gotta back up. Back yeah. up a little bit, and that's not, not be handsy. Game. He's he's kind of he's he's on on ten or going one hundred percent all the time. Yeah, because like his first year, he could afford to be aggressive because you had Kenny Chandler, you had yeah. other guys. But like this year, this past year, he was the guy, so he had to be more careful about the chances that he took because if he got in foul trouble, we was like, oh my gosh, we don't have another point guard. We put B.J. Edwards in, and he had some trouble turning the ball over. It's definitely a drop-off. Yeah, so, like, we didn't really have a true backup point guard that could run the offense. And then when he was out, you didn't have anyone that can create off the dribble. Santi, that's not that's not him. Josiah, that 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 wasn't him last year. He was in and out of the uh, lineup with the injury. Uh, we saw a little bit later, you know, uh, in the season, um, you know, guys try to do it. But what about my guy that just got drafted in the first round? About uh, Julian Phillips, yeah. Injuries and just mentally, man, just it. Something happened. Something happened during the season where, like, he just wasn't aggressive. Yeah, and it wasn't like he wasn't told to be aggressive. Like he was told to be aggressive, but he just wasn't. As a freshman, man, you deal with injuries a whole lot differently when you're older. Yeah, and you got NBA in, in, in your yeah, in your little, near they, future too. From from a from a football standpoint. Basketball guys and, and even the basketball guys we played, Ron Slay is probably the only one that we cannot say this. Again. And Mark Marcus hates slip with stuff too. Yeah. But the majority of them guys, pretty soft. Yeah. yeah. Pretty soft. Yeah, man. I mean, I've, I've made mention soft of, as Charmin. I've made mention of, of basketball players not playing because of an injury and like <laughs> football. Psh, you ain't missing a snap. No, Ankle sprain. <laughs> oh yeah, we still we still playing, but like. <laughs> The surface is different, so I do give him grace there. Uh, my my biggest criticism with Rick, and if you want to look at last year and go, man, I'm a, this is what I'm going to criticize Rick on. Don't criticize him on the offense. The offense has been yeah. working for, for for years. Like, the motion offense, man, it's, it's good. It's the the collection of talent that he had and the lack of a true point guard. The lack of a point guard, because when Chandler was out there, to your point, and when uh, – when Zakai was out there, then, you know, we can make some things shake. But a big part of the offense is also them finishing around the, the rim. Yeah, we, we missed some bunnies, too. But think about that that team that was number one in the country. You had you had Jordan Bowden yeah. that was athletic enough to get around the, uh, defenders. Yeah. Lamonte Turner could create his own shot. Jordan Bone can create his own shot. Yeah. Grant Williams was a guy you can get the ball to on the post, and he can create his own shot. So you have more shot creators on that team. Bone could also take folks off the dribble, too. He could. Yeah. So, like, last year, we just didn't have a lot of shot creators, man. And that's what I think ultimately hurt hurt our offense. Yeah, right. you had Admiral hitting shots. Yeah, yeah Admiral doing that now. So we just need more shot creators, and I think we we do have more shot creators on our, on our squad. And that's where Rick Barnes has addressed those issues. So... Um, I'm looking forward to to the basketball season. I, I really am. But as promised, Kevin Simon, did you do your homework? You ready? Yeah. So I asked you, will we finish Tuesday's show? 
what's one thing about this Tennessee football team that you're sure of? And what's one thing about this Tennessee football team you are unsure of? And I took notes. You are sure about Joe Milton, right? I am positive about Joe Milton. And then you're unsure was, I can't read my own handwriting. I'm unsure about the wide receiver's core, the wide receiver's ability to create explosive plays in the passing game. I'm not sure if I said it exactly like that, but I'm unsure about our receiving core. We'll put it to you like that. I'm a right neater. And I said, I am sure about our running backs, the running back depth, and I'm, de- and I'm unsure about um, our, our corners. And so, why? Why, Kevin? Why are you, why are you so sure about Joe Milton? Um, there's a lot of folks that, and I, I think it's great. I think it's great. I think it's great that that you have some people that doubt Joe Milton, that bring up Michigan, that bring up his first time starting at Tennessee and not being successful. I think it's great that people bring up what he did in the Orange Bowl. I think it's great to have different uh, different opinions. And I think Joe has earned that. Like he has not earned a Hendon Hooker offseason hype machine. He, he didn't earn that, but I think he has the tools. I think everything is around him set up for him to be ultra successful this year. But why are you so sure that Joe Milton is going to, is going to ball out? You sure of his, of his season? Well, number one, I mean, he's, he's one of the most physically gifted quarterbacks I've ever seen in person. Like, and this is including guys like Aaron Rodgers. I've never seen Pat Mahomes in person. Um, I mean, Matthew Stafford, um, Joe Flacco, I mean, Joe Flacco, Tony Romo, obviously I was around him, Dak Prescott being around him. I mean, it's, um, Carson Wentz, who was the number one overall pick, um, or Jeff Goff and Carson Wentz, um, they went one, two, RG threes, you know, scouted him coming out. Andrew Luck scouted him coming out of, of Stanford, um, Matthew, um, um, Sam Bradford, number one overall pick. I mean, so this guy, I mean, he's, he's right up there. And really in many ways, like his throwing talent is above, is above them. So, um, so he's prototype in every, in every sense of the word. Um, he has all the physical tools necessary. Now it seems like having two years to sit behind hitting and hooker and see a guy like this is what you got to do to be successful in this offense. Um, it seems like he's now poised, primed and ready to go out and execute the game plan. Um, you know, I had a, you know, he's Shuler. We've known each other, but, but we never really spent much time together. And, um, we went out and we had dinner. That was a couple weeks ago. We, we were over there at Calhoun's um, on Kingston Pike in Pellissippi. And, uh, man, really cool conversation, really cool dude. It was interesting to hear him talk about his his career 
at Tennessee, but really more so his career with the with the Redskins, and then um, I guess his last year he played with the Raiders. But you know, one of the things that he said was, well, when I watched Joe, he's like, man, he, he's a strong arm guy, and that was kind of my thing. He's like, I had a big arm, and any time I ever had trouble, I, I just I just threw it harder, mm. and that got me in trouble because in the NFL I'd have trouble. And I just do it harder because since I was a kid, that's that's the thing. I was always known for my arm strength. He's like, it took. He's like, I, he's like, it took me time to understand how to throw the ball up and over the underneath defender, a linebacker, a safety, and to be able to make that 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 completion. It's called layering. Yeah, yeah. Just how to lay, or we call it, you can call it feathering, yeah. or how to layer the ball. Yeah, up and over. And um, and we were talking. And he's like, and that's he's like, that's what I'm really seeing. If Joe can do this upcoming year, and I think sometimes when you when you have been blessed with arm strength like that, it's easy to always want to show off your arm. You know, you like think think about a, a beautiful uh, beautiful woman who has great assets wherever they may be. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, hey, she, likes Simon. To, she likes to flaunt them, right? Okay. So a quarterback, he wants to he wants to show it off. And this is what happens to guys with strong arms at times. You know, Ryan Mallett, he just passed away. Mm-hmm. God rest his soul. Mm-hmm. He's one of the strongest arms quarterback, man. That dude could throw it. Sure could. He could throw it. But one of the things that he had to learn, and he learned it his last year at Arkansas before he came out in the draft, and which led to Bill Belichick drafting him in the third round, he had to relax his throws underneath. You cannot throw fastballs to tight ends. No. Cannot throw fastballs, especially not to running backs. Yep. You cannot heat these guys up and make them work for the ball. You got to really put it on them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And I and I want to see if Joe can do that because that's because when I was at Tennessee, he could not do that. He and I had the conversation about this, and he didn't talk to me for like a month because he didn't want to hear. It. Mm-hmm. You know, but after he came back around, I think he was finally willing to hear. Like, okay. You know, here's here's maybe a part of my game that I might want to work on. My thing was like, hey man, it doesn't matter about how hard you can throw. Hey, find a completion, relax your throws underneath, and um, and there's no reason to, to throw fastballs to running backs because they're not going to catch them. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. No doubt. Sometimes it doesn't it doesn't matter if if Joe is a junior or whatever, like. There's different times when you just say, you know what, man, I'm taking all advice. I'm taking all the coaching, and maybe, maybe it's like, hey, man, if it ain't if it ain't hype, I ain't listening. Well, no, this this dude's NFL scout, so like everybody's advice uh, that wears that orange that cares about these university, like it, it matters. I think Joe, we saw some more throws of him feathering and him layering some yeah. throws. So somewhere along the line, that message hit home. Yeah, it probably has nothing to do with me at all. No, I mean, no, I mean, I, mean I, I, but I think you are part of it because I'm sure other people were, were sharing that with him as well. And maybe he saw that on his own watching Hendon throw the football or watching other people th- throw the football. But we have seen a difference in his throw motion. At least I know I have seen a difference yeah. in his delivery and the different throws that he has made in backup time. And you can tell someone has has got better with their accuracy, even when they are running with the twos or yeah. 
you know, in, in, in garbage time in games. And I don't even want to call it garbage time because garbage has a bad uh, negative connotation. But, like, uh, when, when he went in with the twos after Hendon went out after we were up a bunch of points, you can still see on some of those dig routes he threw to Jimmy Holiday and over the throws, over the top throws that were catchable. You can tell he had made the adjustment. And I'll yeah. be honest, man, like the Vanderbilt game, I was like, Joe don't have to go out and win this game. We gonna we we can win this game with Joe playing a D game. Like unless yeah. he unless he's throwing pick sixes, we we gonna beat Vanderbilt. And remember that week after South Carolina, you had Kurt Herbstreit was like, Vanderbilt, I'm I, I'm picking Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt will sneak up on sneak up on Tennessee. Uh, they're gonna sneak up on Tennessee. And I mean, Tennessee fans were were not happy at all about about that. Um, I'm sure we use that as motivation. If we if we didn't then um something's wrong but like we went out and stomped a mud hole in, in Vanderbilt but like Thankfully so. yeah well, I, I didn't I didn't think Vanderbilt was going to beat us but the Clemson game yeah I was like I don't know like I don't know what to expect from Joe Milton I have zero clue because man I saw what happened against Pittsburgh yeah a couple years ago I don't know what to expect but he was a different Joe Milton. Yeah, he was. He really was. And I felt comfortable going into the Clemson game because when he's completing some of those deep balls against Vanderbilt, the difference was instead of throwing a flat deep ball like he had previously, you know, against Bowling Green or his time against um, Pittsburgh in 2021, he's learned to put more air on that deep ball to where he can find the completion. He's allowing the, the wide receiver time to run underneath the ball. And uh, and that's just that's just one. It's like it's like having it's like a it's like a mechanic, right? You know uh, what's what's the tool set? You know they got a a five hundred tool kit, right? Um, you need a lot of different tools to be effective at that position. You can't just have a fastball, right? You, you can't just have a deep ball, right? You got to have this variation of of um, of tools in your box and being able to deliver the ball off different planes and. To me, he demonstrated that he'd grown um, against Vanderbilt, so I felt comfortable going into that uh, to that Clemson game, and, and, and he looked damn good. But Joe is most comfortable when he can drive the football. I mean, I would be too if I had that arm. Woo, woo! He can throw it, man. Hey, that would be me at the Manning Passing Academy. I would be. Hey, who wants to see this arm? Line up and see it. I mean, that's pretty much that's pretty much how it is. And, and, that's what he talks about. Everybody's like, hey, he, hey, do the thing where you throw the ball really far. <laughs> Lotta, $5. If you can catch a fastball from Joe Milton, you get a autograph. Man, I make so much money, man. I'd be like a circus, a, a circus station, man. I would be showing my arm off all the time. Kevin Simon, former Tennessee linebacker. I'm Jason Swain. We are live here in the Low T Center studio. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Be right back. The Swain event is brought to you by Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant, Dead End Barbecue. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com.
Good morning, Swain Event family. Take a deep breath in and release. We're all back together in the AM and life is good. If you have real estate needs, just give me a call, Jennifer Morris at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com and go Vols. What's up, Swain Event family? It's great to be on board. This is Taylor Hawkins with Modern Woodman Fraternal Financial, and I have one question for you. When was the last time you have slowed down and evaluated your financial situation? Just like the Vols, a great game plan leads to victory. Let us help you achieve your financial goals with a custom-made game plan. No matter what stage of life you're in, protecting your family and hard-earned money is important. So let one of our local and trusted financial professionals secure your future by visiting one of our 10 branch offices across Tennessee or give us a call locally at 865-312-5638. And remember, go Vols. Guys, if you've noticed a lack of energy, motivation, and drive, it could be Low-T. Schedule your annual health assessment at Low-T Center. They now offer the convenience of monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for just $155 a month cash pay or covered by most health insurance. If you don't live near a Low-T Center or you just need the convenience of an at-home treatment, Low-T Center makes it easy to get started on treatment. Only your first two visits are in person. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment online. That's Low-T Center, reinventing men's health care when you are craving some quality barbecue there's only one place to go dead end barbecue dead end barbecue has been featured on espn's taste of the town the first barbecue restaurant on the sec network cbs sports headline news tailgate show amazon primes the restaurant comeback food paradise and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in america the search is over dead end barbecue is located on 3621 sutherland avenue right here in knoxville you can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. So, uh, it's like a little quick power surge or something. And then the modem, internet, took a little time to reboot and get back. Um, but we are we are back and apologize for for that. Nothing's nothing's wrong with the app. The app is brand new, um, perfectly built. So whenever something is not sounding right, it's usually something else besides the app. So the app is is working fine. It's the internet that uh, that did its own thing for a couple of minutes, but uh, it's reset. We're good to go, and uh, maybe we're having a good conversation about about Joe Milton. Now, the overall topic today is what are you sure of and what are you unsure of with this Tennessee football team heading into the 23-24 football season? It feels weird even saying 23-24, but yeah. that's that's who we are. And I think we both feel – because you said you're sure about Joe Milton's uh, year this year. And I, 
agree with you. I just didn't put him as my pick for yeah. what I am sure I'm going to see this year for, for Tennessee uh, football. But that Clemson game, and that's what we were talking about before uh, the internet did what it did, but the Clemson game, I was going into that game, Kevin, really unsure what I was going to see because Clemson's defense is SEC quality. You can say whatever you want to say about the the competition that Clemson plays, and we can make jokes about that, and that's true. But their personnel is SEC personnel and has been for, for a while. Yeah. Um, that defense is SEC uh, quality. And so I didn't know what we are going to see, man, from Joe Milton. I, I truly did not know. And then when we had trouble running the football at first, I was like, oh, man, Joe is going to try to force it because we're one-dimensional. Yeah. And I was worried about him pressing, trying to make big throws, and because this offense will spoil you, they will spoil you thinking like after five plays, if we don't score, there's a panic. Yeah. It really will spoil you. But man, we had some some drives in that game where Clemson made us work because we couldn't run the football. And Joe was patient. And Joe went through his progressions. He ran when he needed to. And then boom, when the opportunity was there. Oh, Dude, yeah, he took advantage of it. So, Joe Milton is yours. Uh, we're only 50 minutes into the show, and we, we just covered one um, thing that you're sure of. All right, for me, it's the running backs, man. I, I'm sure that this group of running backs, I think this is the best group that Hypo's had since he's been here. Oh, and sure. this running back group, don't, I mean, don't, get me, don't get me wrong here. This running back group is a little different than what we're used to playing with. Yeah. Like, we're used to playing with dudes. Cedric Houston was the number one player at Arkansas. Yeah. Jabbar Davis was, like, the number one or number two back in the country. One of the best players from Georgia, Derrick Tinsley, yeah. uh, Gerald Riggs. Like, these are guys that were the best in their class. And they all came to Tennessee, and they were fighting and clawing and scratching to get on the football field. Um, that's what we're used to seeing. You know, uh, Arian Foster that wasn't, Ranked really high, but when he stepped on campus, you just knew he, well, he was different and special. Well, he ended up being the cream of the crop. He he ended up being at one point the best back in the NFL. Yeah, like so we like we played with some with some dudes individually, and so the first year hypo, it was it was it was okay. It wasn't anything to like do backflips about. It was all right, and then last year you were in a bind preseason. Yeah, big time bind. Um, you went to the portal, got a player late with some character issues. It didn't work out. You had a player in Jabari Small that was uh, coming off you know, major injuries from the year the year before, didn't know how durable he could be. And then you had Jalen Wright that you knew he cared based on the last play of the ball game against Purdue. Like, mm. he was distraught. Like, it hurt. And yeah. that, for me, that was good to see him – Respond that way. I just didn't know why we did that. Why? I mean, we ran them with uh, three times in a row. I mean, give it to Hendon Hooker. The answer's easy. Hey, he was open if somebody would have blocked. We missed a block. It would have been an easy touchdown. It goes throw, it, throw a fade to said Tillman, and then the last play of the game, I'm putting on Hendon Hooker's hand. I'm just telling you what I mean. I understand. Yeah, I mean, I'm just telling you what I what I would have done. I understand. I, I get it. I get it. It would not. It would not have been given to the freshman. No, we wouldn't have done that. We Hendon, go ahead and go ahead and take this thing. I can't believe I'm doing this. 
I'm about to do this. I'm about to make a case for why running the ball in situations is better than throwing to the wide receiver on the on the fade route, which is like one of my favorite routes. But like, well, fade route on third on third down, and then on fourth down, run a flood concept, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Number right. one is the drag. Okay, yeah. that's not open. Throw it to the corner of the end zone, and if that's not open, look backside to the tight end, and if that's not open, hit the hooker, run this ball into the end zone. Okay. I mean, you know, but I'm not. I mean, listen, this is a novice. This is a novice, you know. I'm not. I'm not. You know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not an offensive play caller. But I mean, it's just I. I would not have run a true freshman up the middle who's known for running high. I just wouldn't have done it. Yeah, man. He he, body, body. Um, I guess your pad level was something that Jalen Wright, his freshman year, need to work on, yeah. especially his freshman year. But if if my man Frank, uh, Frank, but. He fan fan would have hit his block, that would have been a touchdown. Now, I remember you were on the sideline in two thousand and. Um, don't talk about the Alabama. I'm talking about the Alabama game. Two thousand. Kevin, well, well, no, 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 not not five. As a coach, when Jerry Garantano oh called his own number because we ran that play multiple times, and if. Jerry would have ran the play that was called. 2020. 20. If Jerry would have ran the play that was called, we're walking into the end zone because it was blocked perfectly. Don't get me started. So that's it goes back to my point at the beginning of the show. Do what your coach to do. If you do what your coach to do, then the coach won't be getting criticized when things don't go the way it's supposed to go. But we call that play. The play before, and we called it again, and it was blocked perfectly. Yeah. It w- we would have walked in. We called Xerox, y'all. They gave him a signal for Xerox. That means copy. means run the same play again with Trey Smith pulling, and we had we had uh, Carreras Crouch at running back. Why? Because he's 245 pounds and really strong, so he's going to be able to get this ball in. So, so my point is it's open. It works when you do what you're supposed to do and you carry out the assignment. So I get it. Hindsight, throw the fade to said on third down, but it was blocked. If it would have been blocked, when my man fat, we we there's no drama about does Dalen Wright break the plane? Does he score? Does he not score? That's what I'm saying, man. Just just do what you're supposed to do. Anyways, well, my kids and I, we we were we were first guessing this, like because on, on second down we ran Jalen Wright in the middle. It was what. Yeah, yeah. A, hey, and then we did it two more times, and it didn't yeah, work. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. I understand. I understand. Yeah, this is not a hindsight. This was a first guess. Like, I get you. What? I get you. I was like Vince Lombardi. What the hell's going on out yeah. here? I was not happy about the outcome of that game. It took me about no. three weeks. And so, to your point, I know we talk about players. They got to execute plays. There's 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 a shared responsibility. Yeah, yeah. Because when that play gets called on fourth down, I say so. Folks is like. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna hand this, you yeah. know, and obviously it didn't work out. Yeah, it didn't work out. It no. didn't work out. But that game, I'll bring it up was that, Purdue. Oh my goodness, dude, I know. I bring up that game because it's like, like losing the It mattered for Jalen Wright, and the the this last season, entering fall camp, Jabari Small had the wiggle, but Dylan Sampson had the best scrimmages. 
He had a, broke a couple runs. Yeah, he's talented. Made some guys miss in space. Home run potential. He, he showed that and put that on display. Uh, as a group last year, 2,000 yards, 29 touchdowns. We were sixth in the SEC at rushing. 200 yards per game. Now, we were first in passing. And I think that's going to balance out more this year. I don't know if we're going to pass as efficiently and be as explosive as we were last year. We could because you got Joe Milton. But I'm giving some some credit to to, to Hyatt, Darnell Wright, uh, Henry Hooker, Tillman, those guys that, yeah. that are departing. So I'm, I, I think the running game is going to be a little bit better. But I'm bringing up the, the group as a whole because Dylan Sampson is going from his freshman year to his sophomore year. We're going to see a big jump. Yeah. His run blocking, his run protection, his fundamentals, he's, he's going to get stronger. The uh, crazy thing is, man, I met him um, over the summer. He's not a big dude, but he plays big. Plays big. He plays big. Falls forward. Falls forward. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Dennis Sampson, he's in – so, like, when you're a freshman, man, you just want to play. Yeah. I just want to play, man. I just want to play. But after your freshman year, the next thing you're thinking about is – The league. You're thinking, no. Well, I mean, I guess you I'm, th- I'm thinking about what I need to do to get to the league. Well, that. But on the team, you're thinking about starting. Ah. Yeah. So, like, a freshman year, you're like, oh, man, I just want to play. Play. I know I ain't going to – it's kind of crazy for me to think about starting and expecting a start because all these guys are really, really good, and so I understand that. But after you play a full season, and you start you, as a well, I guess you started some games as a freshman. Yeah, 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 here and there, but like, like you want your name in that booklet. You want your name called them jumbotron. Like you want to be a true starter when you hit your sophomore year because you've been there a year. You feel better about the guys around you and where you fit in. You're like, no. I'm, this is the year I'm starting. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm about to start this year. Unfortunately, Jason, I can't identify with that. I'm sorry. But I was starting already. My bad. <laughs> um, I mean, I start some games my freshman year, too. But uh, I'm, I'm just speaking in general here. But as a, as a freshman, you, you go through the adjustment phase. Your sophomore year, man, you want to start. Like, you want to make that the next move. And I think that's the move that Dylan Sampson, the personal goals – for him, I think that's something that he wants to do. And if he doesn't want to do it, then something is wrong. Um, and then you got Jabari Small that's, dude, he, he's been a warrior. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, and you and I know this better than anybody because we play fight through injuries. Man, so, sometimes if, you, if you're if you not the same version yourself, it's, it's just it's just it's hard, man. Yeah. And mentally it's tough. And, and so if he can't go, then he can't go. But – Jalen Wright was Tennessee's best running back last year. Yeah. And I think he's going to take a huge step. Um, we saw the home run potential Vanderbilt. Yeah, we saw what he did Clemson, time. you know, amongst SEC caliber defenders. Like, yeah. he's running away from people. And so, I, I just like our group, K-Simon. I like our group at running back, uh, which is why I picked them as the thing that I'm sure that we will uh, see do well. All right, so – Let's go to what you are unsure about. What are you unsure about this Tennessee football team uh, heading into the season? All wide receiver core. I mean, okay, you lose the 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 twenty twenty two Blitnikoff winner. A lot of points, man. A lot, a lot of, of touchdowns, a lot of lose, yards. Yeah, you lose an all SEC uh, receiver in Seth Tillman. A lot of production. 
you know, that you're losing. And yeah, the, the offense is built to take advantage of speed and space and take advantage of matchups, putting your, your skill perimeter players, you know, in, in positive position to make yards. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just, I was, I was scrolling through Twitter and just came across, um, I, I want to, I want, I want to give my man credit if, if it comes up that way. Nah, it didn't. But, um, but, uh, my guy, he tweeted Tennessee fan. He's like, it just said the best night of my life. And it was highlights from the Alabama game. And, um, you know, we're watching Jalen Hyatt just, yeah, just run by people. Yeah. And when you don't have that, you know, that's, that's a, that's a blanket to give any, any head coach, any offensive quarter, any quarterback comfort. You know what? Everything could be wrong, but Jalen Hines is just going to run by anybody. So I know I'm going to sleep well tonight. That speed, yeah, yeah, that speed, and it's 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 a luxury that the the vast majority of people you don't have. You know, somebody that can really truly has that dynamic speed to take the top off. But we had it last year. We don't have that this year. So um, yeah, I think just these guys going to have to. And yep, so when you lose those two guys, you know, you got, you know, Jimmy Callaway transferred to Louisville. You got Jimmy Holiday transferred to Western Kentucky. And 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 they provide depth. Callaway's really talented, man, to be totally honest. He really is. Yeah, he's he's a talented dude, man. Like, I didn't like losing him because I felt like he could have really flourished on the under uh Kelsey Post tutelage in this offense. But you, know, you lose Jimmy Holiday, you lose Walker Merrill, you know, guys that that have contributed and, and provided depth. Um you know, and it seems like everybody points to uh, Deontay Thompson that just transferred in from from Oregon, and and to be totally honest, I've seen very little of him on film, right? So I gotta kind of reserve some judgment, but just we're we're, we're going to scout stats, and stats don't always tell you the whole picture. But in twenty twenty two, Deontay Thompson, seventeen receptions, three hundred thirty three yards for one touchdown in Oregon, Thor- right? Dante Thornton. Thornton. Yeah, Thornton. Sorry. yeah hey, Dante Thornton. Dante Thornton. Um, now, he averaged 21.5 yards to catch, which is a big number. But when you look at it, at Oregon, he was the fifth leading receiver on his team. And really, the, the only, you know, he had a catch. He had a catch against Eastern Washington for, you know, for 41 yards. He had another catch against, I think, Washington for his 46 yard touchdown. That was a long touchdown. And then, um, and then he exploded against Utah. Mm-hmm. You know, he had a big game, but he had one big game really last mm-hmm. year. I think it was, it was nine receptions for, for 151 yards, you know, against, um, against Utah. If, if you're telling me that we're putting our hopes and, and fortunes on this young man coming in and doing anything like what's said in jail, I just, you know, I just have my reservations about that. And, and I get that Brew McCoy is coming back, and 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 we love Brew. Brew is a possession receiver, similar, similar to yourself, mm-hmm. similar to a said Tillman, um, but I, I don't. I think he's a lesser version than a said Tillman, a lesser version than than yourself. You know, I think he's he's gonna make plays, but he's not he's not somebody that he's not he's not a dynamic runner after the catch. And he doesn't have Sed's ability to play above the rim and like just that wide catch radius. Mm-hmm. You had it too. That if the ball's anywhere in the area code, you guys are coming down with it. 
I mean, he makes 50-50 catches, but but it's not it's not like that. You know what I'm saying? Can I push back? Yeah. I think it's, I think it's totally fair to be unsure because when you look at numbers of anybody transferring in, you're like, eh, I don't know. I mean, you first ask yourself why you're why are you in the portal. So usually guys who are really good that are um, don't enter the portal most of the time. There are reasons where guys are good and they didn't have the success that they were expecting and the coaches didn't use them properly or they just need a new change of scenery. Um, that happens. I think it's fair if you look at his numbers and go, mm, hold, hold on with the hype. Hold, yeah. hold on, let me. Let me ask some questions. Let me poke some holes in this thing. Let me let me be uh, devil's advocate here. Um, I I understand it completely, but I'll say this: What did we say about Henry Hooker when he joined? We looked at his numbers, looked at his time at Virginia Tech, and we was like, eh. I mean, he's better than Jarrett. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, no, like, yeah, no, like, like, we wasn't impressed by hitting his numbers at Virginia Tech, but we were like, I mean, he's gonna be better than Garantano, so I guess let's let's go. Uh, the year prior to last year, what did Jalen Hyatt do? He didn't do anything. He didn't do he didn't do anything. How about Javante Payton? His three years in college, three or four years in college. Yeah, he, mistake. He didn't he didn't really do a lot. And he he's a guy that always possessed that speed. So, I throw another one at you. How about Valus Jones, who who didn't do much during his career? Brew McCoy didn't do anything in his career. So, I, I just gave you five dudes that didn't do anything prior to Josh Heupel. Now, Hyatt had Josh Heupel for a year and didn't handle his business right, his words, yeah. and then woke up, and then boom. So, like... I give you those examples to say, all right, Dante Thornton. No, he didn't do anything at Oregon. But look at many of the examples of when Hypo took a dude that possesses speed like Thornton. Yeah. 6'5, 205. And I've heard a lot of people say, just as fast as Jalen Hyatt. And that's just freakish when you think about it. I think about Robert Meacham when I think yeah. about just as fast as high because Meacham was 215, 6'3", and was 4'36". Yeah, he's rolling. So, so like, when I think of Dante Thornton being just as fast as high, I'm thinking 205, 6'5", low 4'4". Um, that'll work. Yeah. And Hypel using him properly, I think he could be very, very, very successful. So, I'm in waiting to see mode. Just like you, I'm, I'm in waiting to see mode. Um I understand why you're unsure because you look at what he did at Oregon and it's it, it's not that much. And I asked you during the break or actually during when the internet went out, um, I was like, Bo Nix is an NFL quarterback. Why would you want to leave an NFL quarterback? Yeah, and the thing I said is like, well, you know, Oregon, the, the receivers haven't been great at Oregon for, for some years now. Now they just had a regime change, right? Um, Kenny Dellinger was the offensive coordinator last year. Um, did a did a good job, and then just got the Arizona State job. So I don't know if that led to him um, transferring. But 
But the thing I said to you is, who wouldn't who wouldn't want to play in this offense? You know, especially as a receiver. I want to play in it now. <laughs> <laughs> let me, man. Let me get like like a couple catches, man. Let me get a little bit. Yeah. Now you so, know, Jawan and passed me up on a on the all career touchdown uh, receptions list in Tennessee. Let me get a couple catches so I can get my spot back. <laughs> yeah, I want to play in it now. I feel so. So I, so I completely can see why. Um, Thompson would want to transfer and, and be over here. I just and 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 I love your examples. Now, just like having knowledge of of um, of Hendon Hooker and and watch because we studied him when he was at Virginia Tech. Um, the skill people that he had at Virginia Tech around him, there was Boo Boo. There was Boo Boo. There was Dog Water, as okay. as my youngest son would say, "Your Dog Water." Goodness gracious. <laughs> You, you teach you teaching that trash talk. That's pretty good. Like if I if I'm going up against a DB, and the DB calls me dog water, that's gonna hit me in my soul. Jeez, oh my bad. god! Yeah, dog, I'm dog water. Oh man, <laughs> get my mind right. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's a that's a that's a hard hitting insult right yeah, there. He cracks me up every time he says that. Dog but, water, dog water. But yes, dog water. Um. So we felt like, all right, but this guy has some poise, has some leadership, and what he did in the run game, like he ran for 161 yards against Boston College. I mean, his legs were a big part of their offense in terms of running the football. That's really all they had. Yeah. You know, just be able to run the football. We felt like, all right, well, we put him here, got some skilled people. Right, hey, we'll be all right. So even though his numbers were not great at Virginia Tech, like style of play, some of that, you know, it felt like it would translate um, – the the X factor to me is Kelsey Pope because I saw what Kelsey Pope did with Bayless Jones, mm. the time that he spent. This is when he was a he was an offensive um, analyst at the time, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's really the one that helped Bayless Jones solve the riddle, and then ultimately be a third round pick. Dude, I'm, I'm so glad Kelsey Pope is receiver coach. I'm I'm so glad we made that that or that change happen, whether we made it or not, or facilitated it or not. I'm glad it, it happened. Cause Not saying anything negative about anyone else, but yes, this it was a positive change. Correct. And, yeah. And we have all seen what the positive changes are um, have happened because of it, yeah. from his ascension from analyst to wide receivers coach. So, yeah. you know, Pope, Pope has a way of being able to meet guys where they're at, mm-hmm. and he's going to be able to whatever whatever Thompson's capable of doing. Thor. Gosh, I'm sorry. It's Jordan. Okay. I call um, I call Chase Burns Jordan Burns for forever. Right. I get a mix, I get those two mixed up all the time. So it, it happens. I got you. I know who Chase Burns is, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but um, yeah, whatever Thornton is capable of accomplishing, I feel confident about Kelsey Pope's ability to get that out of him. But we need a difference maker on the outside. I just I don't see him right now, and it's okay because we haven't seen him like. He didn't do anything during the spring. So how are we going to see him? So it's totally fair for you to be unsure about uh, Dante Thornton. And honestly, I can be unsure too because I haven't seen him. I haven't put my own eyes on him. We've heard people who have put their eyes on him say, oh, yeah, he's going to be a pro guy for us. Or, you know, Phil Steele says, yeah, he's going to be, you know, he's going to be great this year in Tennessee's offense. But until we see it, like, it's okay to be unsure about it. Okay, let's take a break. And um, when we come back, 
I want you to share what you are. I'm gonna share what I'm unsure of, and then we'll discuss that. So cool. you're sure about Joe building? Uh, you're unsure about our receiver, yeah. And uh, I'm gonna push back a little bit on that too. Not that I disagree, but I'm going to kind of share my thinking with the wide receiver unit, and then I'm going to share with you what I'm unsure of, and I'm pretty sure you're going to push back as well because it's on defense. Right? I'm not going to push back. It's very obvious what you're unsure about, and I am in total agreement with you. Okay. The only All reason right. I didn't pick them is because it's just very obvious. It's because you're, it's your defensive guys. You, you, you want to jump on your defensive guys? You trying nah, to have their back? I, I got eyes, man. I can see I can see the warts. <laughs> A65. We all see the warts, Jason. A65-255-03. We'll be right back. Just because you can't call in doesn't mean that you have to sit on the sideline. Impact the show with a text box. It's part of the free Swain event app. What's up, fellas? It's Swain. When it comes to health, there are numbers every man needs to know, including your testosterone number. I recommend going to Low T Center. They make it quick and easy to get your levels checked, and it's only $25. You walk in, take a simple blood test, and with their on-site lab, you'll know your results in 25 minutes. Low testosterone levels can make you feel tired and grumpy, can cause lack of motivation and drive. It can raise your cholesterol, cause weight gain, and loss of muscle mass. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment. Low T Center, reinventing men healthcare. Freedom Motors is the local pre-owned car dealer who does more for you than any other dealer around. You want convenience? You can check out their entire line of vehicles online at freedommotorstn.com. And when you find what you like, they'll bring the vehicle right to your door. That's a dealer who cares about you and your time. Shop Freedom Motors today and let's get you in your new ride. What's up, Swain Event family? It's great to be on board. This is Taylor Hawkins with Modern Woodman Fraternal Financial, and I have one question for you. When was the last time you have slowed down and evaluated your financial situation? Just like the Vols, a great game plan leads to victory. Let us help you achieve your financial goals with a custom-made game plan. No matter what stage of life you're in, protecting your family and hard-earned money is important. So let one of our local and trusted financial professionals secure your future by visiting one of our 10 branch offices across Tennessee or give us a call locally at 865-312-5638. And remember, go Vols. Dead End Barbecue has you covered when you need the food to be on point for your next event. Go to deadendbbq.com to learn more or call 865-414-9417. Dead End Barbecue, the catering search is over. Hey there, Swain Event crew. Just like fall sports, the Knoxville area real estate market is strong and growing stronger. We're in everything region. When you get the big orange itch to buy, sell, or invest, call me, Jennifer Morris, with Keller Williams Realty at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Go Vols! Looking for a different way to enjoy the show? Yes! Then check out Swain Event TV on YouTube. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Top 100 barbecue restaurant in America, 865-255-03. Joined by Kevin Simon, yes, former sir. Tennessee linebacker, NFL scout. I was on the coach staff at, at Tennessee as well. Um, you want to hear some of the feedback I've gotten, Kevin? Yeah. Since Tuesday? 
the, the people. Let's see what the people got to say. Let me pull up my uh, my text messages here. These are personal messages that I got about about your presence here with us this week. Oh gosh, be easy, folks. I got a text yesterday. Swain, glad y'all are back in the AM. K Simon is a great choice for a guest co-host. Appreciate. I've been meaning to tell you about something. And he hit on it yesterday. I love the X's and O's of football and would love a better understanding. So, you breaking down the triangle defensively. Yeah. Like, that was that was, that was was good stuff. And I had someone personally send me a message uh, mentioning that. So, I just want to, want to share that with you, my friend. Man, appreciate the love, man. 865-255-03. Let me go to the Beatty Chevrolet uh, text box this morning. July, big month for you if you're looking for a vehicle. Big red tag sale going on at Betty Chevrolet. All inventory marked down with our best price on the windshield. Get your biggest savings on our largest inventory in years up to $10,000 off. Like Betty Chevrolet, it's like family. I was over there yesterday. Um, we, we talked five minutes of business and 35 minutes of life and family. And uh, we purchased a car there. My brother has purchased a car there. And so Betty Chevrolet, they're committed to doing things the right way. Go to their website, BettyChevrolet.com. Nelson from Jackson says, I like, the, I like how Kevin Simon politely called you slow. Quote, possession receiver. Just kidding. I know what I was. Like, I, I I knew I knew my role. I knew how my skill set changed after, after injuries. I, I had to accept that. Um, it is what it is. It is what it is. Made plays. Possession receivers, man. Definitely made plays. It, it, gets, it's a, it gets such a <laughs> negative connotation. Everybody can't run low four threes and... And, and low four fours, not everybody can do that. But that doesn't mean you still can't make plays. All right, let me get to the phones, and uh, let's get to our guy, Turkey Man. Turkey Man, good morning. Good morning. Hey, Ben. Ben's got a little bigger or something. Oh, uh, Ben. Ben got tan. Ben got tan, and he got swole. Yeah, be bigger. I noticed how much bigger he is. Normal. That's where I noticed. Hey. uh, I don't have no problem or, or even concerned about uh, the offense. I, I do have problems or concerned about our starting quarterback because what I've seen in the past. But the defense is where I am looking for us to make a jump. Uh, and uh, Kevin, being a defensive-minded uh, guy, uh, give me some uh, give me some hope that our defense is uh, going to be uh, better and probably a, a force this year in, in places. Cause I, I, did some, I did see a lot at the end of the tunnel last year. We just didn't have enough horses. Uh, yep. But I'll get out of here and let's see. And, and uh, good, good to have you, Kevin. You, good to have you on, on uh, board there. And uh, look forward to whatever, whatever the future brings. Talk to you later. 
Oh, man. Thank you for the for turkey call, Turkey Man. Good to hear from you. Turkey Man, great to hear from you, man. Um, but the defense. Can I stop you, know, you right quick? Yeah, go on. I think there's a perception that the defense was bad. I don't think it was that bad. We just could have been a whole lot better in key moments. I mean, this is a defense that has had to be overly aggressive because of some personnel, um, I think, deficiencies. When you look at some of our numbers, as far as plays made behind the backfield, like tackles for loss, like we were one of the best in the league, but the yardage given up in the air is, it, it was dreadful, you know, 13th in the, in the league. And a lot of that can be sometimes when, when you're up and teams are throwing the ball and stuff like that. But uh, the Carolina game wasn't like that. George game wasn't like that. And we know we got to do a better job in the secondary. But like, I think that there's this um, thought that the defense was just bad, bad. And I don't think it was bad, but obviously it needs to get better. And there's no doubt about that. No, the defense isn't bad. I mean, you know, I, I obviously now, now I think people need to, under, and I had to come to grips with this. Mm-hmm. So you have to play complimentary football because what's the, what's the mission? Win the game. That so we got to accomplish the mission. Yeah. You play to win. You the play game. to win the game. <laughs> Sorry, Kev, you can get loud. So, with that thought in mind, it's going to be hard for, like, you know, in terms of us having a top two defense in the SEC, folks, I'm telling you, it's not going to happen Mm-mm. anytime soon. And the reason why it's not going to happen is because the way that we play, our defense plays more plays than damn there anybody in the SEC. Mm-hmm. And so with that thought in mind, with people getting behind and then being on the field so much, and listen, if you're playing 90 plays, you're going to lose your legs. I'm, I'm sorry. There's there's no there's just no way to get around it. But to your point, Jason, when we need a stop, we need to get a stop, and we weren't always able to do that. Like, let's think about Alabama game and Bryce, Bryce Young going for over 500 on us. You know, when we needed to get a stop – uh, we weren't always able to get that stop. Stop. We just we just had to outscore other people. Gibbs so I think dropped the ball. Gibbs dropped the game winning <laughs> touchdown. I mean that's that's why we had opportunity to 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 win that game and did it. But yeah, we, if he doesn't drop, if he doesn't drop that ball, it's it's a yeah. You can take him to to steak and shake because it's a wrap. Yeah, it's it's yeah. So we got to mention that. Sorry, man. I'll shut up. No, 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 no. That that was. Very insightful. Yeah. Very insightful. We yeah, we needed it, but I think the the key's gonna the key for this defense is getting better in the secondary. And Turkey Man, as much as I'd like to be able to ease your concerns and give you some comfort, I'm not gonna be able to do that to, today, brother, because I think we are all concerned about the secondary, but you know, we'll see because we do come after people at times. We also play a good bit of zone defense, right? Um, because, you know, when we have matched up, man, it hasn't always looked great. So, um, Turkey, man, I, I'm right I'm right here with you, brother. We, we, we need some more man, some more, some more corners, cornerbacks with man ability. The ability to just lock down receivers, which we don't necessarily have 
at this moment, you can't feel good about that. So totally know, fair. Yeah, got to get recruiting. To- totally fair. So the position or the 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 thing I'm unsure about this football team is secondary. It is corner play. It is you know speed at, at safety and making sure we're taking the right angles. And so um, I look at our turnovers that we were able to force per per game, which was eighth in the SEC. Kevin, when you were inside of those coaching meetings uh, with, with Jaron Pruitt, was there like a number of, of turnovers per game you wanted to create? What was the goal? Was there a goal preseason to be top four in the league? Everybody, everybody wants to be the best defense in the league in terms yeah. of taking away the ball. But, like, did y'all set a goal of how many turnovers we want to force per game and where do we want to be in the SEC at the end of the season? Did y'all yeah. do that? Yeah. So the the job of the defense is to do what? It's to take the ball away. Mm-hmm. Your job as a defender is to get the ball back. So our goal was three turnovers a game. Okay. You know, that was the goal. If cause if we if we take the ball away three times, um, and our offense doesn't give it away any in terms of just the percentages of football, I want to say it's a, you win at an eighty nine percent clip when you have a a three um a turnover turnover margin of plus three. Okay. So that's right. good to know. Yeah. That's good to know. That is great to know for for our listeners, regardless of how successful Pruitt was as a coach. He was a damn good defense coordinator in the SEC and at Florida State. And so knowing that that benchmark goal, and I'm pretty sure a lot of defense coordinators around the country have that plus three turnover margin yeah. goal. Um, and so for our listeners, I think that's really, really cool to, to know that from, from you, from the inside. Look, all right, so last year, 1.9 turnovers per game, which was eighth in the, in the SEC. Uh, we averaged 0.9 interceptions per game, which was eighth in the SEC. We only had 11 interceptions for the entire season. Um, no one had three. It was like a bunch of twos, a few ones. It was a few twos and a bunch of ones. Yeah. Uh, passing yards allowed, we were 13th in the league. Only Vanderbilt was worse. But you have to take that with a grain of salt because of what we just talked about. We're going to be up. Our offense is going to put up a lot of points. We're going to play a lot of plays. So our defense is going to be on the field a lot. A lot. And so you mentioned, I don't care how good your defense in, defense is, your legs are going to go away around 90 plays. And I remember when Clemson beat Alabama in the national championship game. This is when Deshaun Watson went off. Yeah. Alabama was knocking up, you know what, out of Clemson at the beginning of the game. Early in the you game. You remember when Mike Williams caught that ball across yep. the middle? They yep. put him to sleep. Ooh. Alabama was bringing that wood. Yeah. But Alabama was unable to to score, and it put the defense in a bind. And later in that game, Clemson, because they ran the, the total plays up, Alabama's defense. They, they got gas. They got gas, man. And so I don't care how good your defense is, 80, 90 plays, man, that's hard, hard. to play. And so your point about – don't expect Tennessee's defense to be number one, number two in the league anytime soon. Not like, as that, long as that's we play okay. offense this way, we yeah. will never be in the yeah. top two 
or really in the top three in the league. And that's not, okay. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, and that's okay. But I look at Tennessee going out in the, in the portal, getting Gabe, Judy Lolly from BYU, who has experience playing in the SEC at Vanderbilt. Tennessee went out and brought in five, five players in the secondary. I don't think it's a coincidence that all five players were early enrollees. Jordan Matthews, Ricky Gibson, Christian Conyer, John Slaughter, Jack Luttrell, and then Jay, uh, Gabe Judy Law, like I just mentioned. So with the added pieces, that's six, you got Kamal Haddon coming back that we've heard really good reports from from him from the spring. Um, right now, maybe the leader in the clubhouse one of one of the corner positions. So you can have a bad year, do some self-reflection, get better, and have a better season next year. That could happen, and I hope it happens uh, for, for Kamal Hatton. So my questions about the secondary is, all right, it's third down and eight. It's third down and six. We're going to let them just catch it in front of us and pick up a first down? Or we're going to have confidence to to get up and prevent them throwing the ball at the sticks and be aggressive and, and be able to play more more man. More athletes, more tech, better technique, maybe be able to play a little bit more, more man and be more aggressive. So um, down on distance recognition, um, are we going to be able to play the ball in the air better? I think about an awesome play that um, was made last year by uh, Slaughter versus Kentucky. Did a great job of pinning the receivers to the sideline on the go route, turned his head at the right moment, high point. It was, I mean, it was picture perfect. It was yeah. drill tape material. Are we going to do more of, of that? And so uh, what are we going to see um, at, at safety? That's a big question for me. Are we going to see more of Wesley Walker in there who proved that he belonged last year and maybe yeah. should have played a little bit more. So, like, yeah, I'm unsure about the secondary, man. That's like everybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for, for sure. So, like, um, you know, and you hit on Danico. You know, Danico's a hell of a player and, and really is blossoming at corner. Um, the guy that I'm really excited to see now that he's getting time at corner is Christian Charles. Christian Charles has all the ability in the world um, – I mean, and really, he has he has starter, he has NFL starter ability at corner. Um, he's played safety because he's smart, but uh, but really, you know, with his with his movement and his speed and his ability to um, his long speed, his ability to control routes in the deep area of the field, um, and his ball skills. You know, I feel like um, I feel like if we could if if we go ahead and just put him at corner. That it'd be um, best for you know for our secondary. The one alarming statistic to me, with all the plays and what we were thirteenth in the league, um, and, and pass yards given up, but only got eleven interceptions. That's an alarming statistic because mm-hmm. you don't we don't have enough ball uh, production in the secondary. Don't have enough guys who are comfortable playing the ball. You know, uh, Warren Burrell, and this is this. Hopefully, he's exercised this demon. Um, and Warren, I we've talked about damn there every time I see him, he's tired of me talking about it. Yeah, I'm Kevin. 
No, 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 no. But he, <laughs> but he takes. No, but he take. He takes. He's a coachable kid. He's a great kid. Uh, but Warren, he he has a thing to where he panics when the ball's in the air. When it's coming his way, that ball goes up. His heartbeat starts. Mm-hmm. You know, Alante Taylor used to do the same thing, mm-hmm. right? But then he exercised the demon at the end and ended up being a second round pick at the Saints. So it'll be interesting to see if Warren Burrell, because because he he gets handsy, he grabs, he fouls, and um, and gets pi penalties on top of not playing the ball well. So you know, if Warren's out there as one of our corners, you know, this, this is something he's going to have to you know come around on, but. But at the, as a group, they they got to play the ball better than what they have. Um, so that's one point. The second point is, so on third down, what's our identity? It's third and six. We need to stop. We need to get off the field. What's our identity? Well, to this point, it's really been three fires on uh, blitz. It's really been to come after the quarterback. And um, – and, when you're doing that, you're playing three, three fire zone. Um, you're not going to get too technical, but so you got, if there's a, if it's a two by two formation, everybody can imagine. So you got two wide receivers on one side of the field, two wide receivers on the other side of the field, running back in the backfield. And you, we're going to bring five. We're going to blitz five. And then we have six folks for the cover coverage operation. You know, you got, uh, you got a, a safety or nickel corner, that's going to be playing on the number two receiver inside. Um, and it's really more of a man technique. We call it seam flat. Um, and then on the other side, again, safety, nickel, going to be taking the seam flat player. And what he's told is you got him up or out man to man. Any inside cut, you're going to deliver him to the next available defender, which is going to be the middle hook player. Whichever linebackers drop in middle hook, over number three, he's going to be the middle hook player. So you kind of deliver the guy to the next available defender on the inside cut. Any 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 vertical or outside cut is basically man to man. And then on the outside with the with the corners, they're really playing a man technique. Even though they tip they by by book they have a third, and then you have a middle of the field safety. Um, we just we just haven't played those routes real snug, and we give up you know, we give up some throws underneath. So hitches people, in the slants and things yes, like that. People yep. have learned that they can just on mm-hmm. third and six, they can throw the hitch. They can throw the, throw the quick out, throw the slant mm-hmm. and go ahead and convert for, um, for a first down. So, you know, hopefully in a perfect world, we like to see coach banks feel um, more confident, you know, with our players, uh, man ability, their ability to match up man and deny the football. But uh, to this point, we haven't seen it. So you know, um, it's not, and that's not a bank's problem. To to me, not entirely. I think a lot of people like to point the finger at, at banks. But like, do you want to put guys that are not able to run like you need them to? Put yeah. them in situations to where they get they get beat, and you, you give up three play drive for eighty yards, or you say, all right, well. You get this one first down, but we're banking on at some point you're going to have a penalty to set you back, or yeah. we'll make a play, or you kick a field goal. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to score six. So, like, I think when you look at one on ones during the course of fall camp and practice, 
and you see our DBs going one-on-one versus our receivers, and if they're not winning, how do you feel confident yeah, playing a man in the game? They usually get to eat it up. Yeah, so like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So if you banks, you're not going to play man in the game, and that's why I think this fall camp is so important. I'm, I wish we had more receivers that were healthy, but I get how spring is because I wanted to see Dante Thornton and Ramel Keaton and a lot of our receivers get at our DBs and help them get better because iron sharper than iron. Yes, so we'll see that during the fall. But I, I get why we played how we played defensively um, last year based on the personnel. Yeah, and even like so. So what, what I'm saying the three, three, three. So three fires on blitz. Anywhere I've ever been, you know, the corner's gonna play it a little snugger than what we do. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason is it goes back to complementary football. It's like, yeah. hey, we can't give up the big month. We'll give them, we'll give them this little one here. Basically, you're waiting for the offense to mess it up. Mm-hmm, because exactly. If, because if you if you make an offense have to earn every blade of grass and just chunk it down the matriculate down the field, you know most offenses, especially in college, they ain't gonna do it. LSU game. Yeah, I think LSU game is a perfect example. Yeah, like They'll we got up up. early and then we we made them because we were good offensively too. We made them have to take some chances and. Daniels is uncomfortable taking kind of what the defense gave him. He yeah. was kind of trying to do a little bit more, and then at times he wouldn't do anything at all because he was afraid uh, of making uh, mistakes. But the moment the offense makes a mistake, it's it's over. And then also I think about the Florida game when Billy Napier went for multiple times on fourth down because yeah. he knew he had to be able to catch up. Um I want to go back to your point about Chris and Charles. His freshman year, he, he was playing. You know, he's six one, and I was like, "Okay, he gonna be all right." Yeah, like he, I, like I saw it in Chris and Charles. I was yeah. like, "He, he's, he's gonna be okay." Last year, injuries and his confidence was shaken, yeah. like to the to the point where you couldn't even put him out there. If he gets that handled and he's healthy, I'm with you, man. He he does have a chance to to play at the next level. And I remember Emmanuel Mosley would get torched yeah. here. But he still had some signs of a guy that at some point could be really good for you and had a chance to play at the next level. And I see what you see in Christian Charles. I do. Yeah, so in my opinion, Christian Charles is the most talented guy back there, period. And I feel like they would do him a great service and do us a great service by putting him in one position and leaving him there. And that position needs to be corner. Yeah. Just just one guy's opinion. You know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah. Something can be said for, you know, mastering one one position. Yeah, just one master of craft, man. Yeah. Uh, Donovan says on the Beatty Chevrolet text box, take the South Carolina game out, and it wasn't that bad. But you can't take that game out, unfortunately. But the Kentucky game, uh, defense was on lock. Yeah, I feel like Georgia game, man, that they they hit too many plays on the outside, yeah, too many guys that really hadn't done anything. It was all the Brock Bauer show in the passing game for so long. But man, we we saw Lab McConkie have a everybody, career. Everybody. Yeah, like that. Other than <laughs> no, that that no, that that wasn't that wasn't it for me, man. I, that's that that was that was unacceptable for me. I mean I can I can live with getting beat by 
uh, Brock Bowers because he's the best tight end I've, I've seen in college oh, man, uh, in a long time. Ooh. So, but when you let guys that hadn't broke 300 yards in October for the season, you let them get funky on you like we did in the bowl game against yeah. Purdue, then that's that's an issue. So we got to clean that up. Uh, Rodney Nostale says, what about Webb and uh, Laycock? Um, Nathan Laycock, the the, the freshman um, receiver coming in, we, we had a conversation about um, our receiver group. And then Caleb Webb, the, the red shirt freshman, Man, there's. I think this group, this receiver group, has a chance to be deeper. What I mean by deeper is more guys that you trust. Yeah. Because last year, it was Brew McCoy after a certain point. Because Brew was learning a new system. He had had a procedure done um, last year in the offseason. And so he was still getting used to everything. It took him some time. We did a really good job of simplifying it for him, too, while he came along. But, like, the only proven guy entering last season as a wide receiver was Cedric Tillman. Yeah. That was the only proven guy. Yeah. That was it. That was it. Hyatt, based on the year before, didn't hadn't done anything. But the year before, before, he had yeah, run he, by some people. You know, but, he, yeah, he, Bama. He, had, you saw shades of okay. – He did. He did. Yeah. But – but you go by the previous year, and the previous year wasn't wasn't that great under Heupel. You saw what he did yeah. in Pru, you know, Pruitt his freshman year. Yeah, in the in the previous year, if they wanted to put Jalen out there, he could have been doing some of what he did last year for whatever reason. They didn't put him out there. Which, yeah, you know, I didn't really understand, but you know, yeah. that, that was the, the the decision. Yeah, I mean, Heupel's first season, Jalen was starting and had a couple drops, uh, deep ball drops, and Oh, you know what? Yeah. And then he had the concussion against Pittsburgh, and then you, you damn near didn't see him no more. Yeah, so, I but mean. He was, he, fight, he was he, fighting the ball. I, I remember had, that. Yeah, day. yeah. He had, his, he had his chances, man. He had his chances. Yeah, he, was, he was dropping them. For sure, yep. Because, remember, Walker Merrill had his chances, too. So, they, yeah. that that group had their chance early, and then that's when Valus took over in the slot, and yeah. then things started really cooking. So, um Entering last season, the only proven receiver was, was Tillman. But now you look at this season, K. Simon, Brew McCoy proven. Yeah. He had a whole year of, of production. Uh, Romel Key, not, he had his best year. Yeah, I mean, he made big plays in big games. And then Squirrel White, I mean, he had some some big plays, you know, late late in the season. Yeah. Um, so there's three guys right there that made plays for us last year. And then you added Dante Thornton, which, hey, it's unsure to be. It's, it's it's fair and okay to be unsure because the stats at Oregon not that great. We didn't see him at spring. And yeah. so we don't know what to expect him coming in. But based on recent evidence, receivers typically do well in this transferring season. in. So yeah. uh, we expect him to, to, to be okay. And then, uh, you know, you got Webb who did not play, but entering his second year. Nimrod, who did not play, entering his second year. And you have very talented Laycock. Um, so I think depth-wise, maybe better, but hard to say that when you look at the production of Tillman and Hyatt, what they had here at Tennessee in the last, in the last two seasons. But, you, but you're entering this year with more guys that have played and made – Big plays and are proven. 
Yeah, I mean, you you'll be able to relate to this because with you and Meacham, you know, we felt like we had two difference makers on the outside, and a difference maker does what? He does exactly that. He makes a difference, and I just don't see the difference maker at this point. Yeah, and that's okay, and that's and that's okay. Eight six five two hundred fifty five oh three is our telephone number. Uh, so we're gonna hit the text box, but first. Let me tell you about Hiller and what they have going on this summer. Special deals going on uh, for the rest of the month to help you stay cool, be happy. You could do that by tackling necessary home system replacements. When you purchase a new HVAC system, Hiller's going to give you two Yeti Trailhead camper chairs, a Yeti Panga or Panga waterproof backpack, the 28 liter version. Also, the Tundra 75, that's the big cooler. And in addition to everything else, two Yeti tumblers for free. So that's four different items. Basically like six items when you count it all uh, in totality. But that's the special going on with Hiller when you purchase a new HVAC system. They're going to load you up with some yeah, Yeti gear. This is the perfect time of the year to, to have it. Uh, because last yesterday it was like 97 degrees and temperatures are only going up. So make sure you call Hiller so you can stay cool, so you can stay comfortable all summer long. So if you know you need to replace that HVAC unit, this is the month to do it. Hiller's work is always backed by their happy you'll be or service is free guarantee. For more details, visit them online at happyhiller.com. Dot com. All right, I'm going to go to the Betty Chevrolet text box, K. Simon, and um, we're going to call it a day. Um, Raleigh Vall says, yeah, that's a crazy haul from Yeti. That, that, that is a lot of stuff from Yeti. So I'm telling you, if you're looking for an HVAC unit, if I can get another one, I would. Uh, but I got a new HVAC unit from Hiller last, last summer. Uh, people in the text box are... Sharing and asking questions about Letlam, Chris Letlam, back in the portal and asking any news why. So if this just happened, we've been here, I don't know right now, but I'll know shortly after the show, after I make a couple calls and a couple text messages here and there. Um, we'll get back to you. Yeah, we'll. That, that ain't a problem. We'll we'll find out. But no, I did did not know. Uh have not been paying attention to the news um while doing the show. Man. I've been locked in with our conversation about Tennessee football team. So we'll find out what's going on. I, I know one thing. It's the offseason. They're practicing. There's new guys there. And if you hit the portal. That that tells me that you realize this ain't for you. I mean, that's my initial. The playing time might not be what I want. I mean, and it's, how how do you know you're not gonna get playing time right now? It's, I mean, it's the off season. I mean, it ain't even a game yet. Well, I mean, if you're third on the depth chart, you know. I mean, how you know you're third on the depth chart already right now? Maybe I don't know. I don't. I don't know about you know, folks. They can they can feel the tea leaves. Yeah, if they feel like they're out of the mix, I you know who who knows. Yeah, I see. I see. 
tweet from On Three Sports seventeen minutes ago. Um, Ludlam has re-entered the NCAA transfer portal. Ludlam signed with the Vols in May, averaged eighteen point eight points per game, almost nine rebounds a game at Harvard last season. So, hey man, it's about fits. And if you ain't happy here, after being here, I will hit the portal too. And the thing about the transfer portal, um, it's it's so accelerated. When you hit the portal, man, you you don't have that much time to really build build a relationship with different staffs yeah. and you basically take one visit. Like when you are a recruit now, you take multiple visits. Yeah. Like you want to pop up on them when like they're not expecting you. All right. You keep your house clean when you're not expecting company. Cause everyone can make the house look good on official visits, yeah. but pop up on an unofficial visit, pop up and see the culture, build that relationship with that coach. And I just feel like these transfers, man, they gotta make a quick decision, yeah. and sometimes they they make a decision, they get there, and they 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 feel like it's the wrong one. Uh, so I get it, I understand just from that side of it, but I'll find out more about what actually happened, yeah. and we'll discuss it on Tuesday. And it feels like some kids transfer now just because they can. You know what I'm saying? Like, all right, well, this wasn't what. Is it? This isn't exactly what I thought it was gonna be. Well, I mean, well, welcome to life. Your know, life isn't always what you think it's going to be. But the, the thing I don't like about it is instead of pulling your big boy jeans up and making the decision right to go wherever you chose to go with in the first place, it's like these kids, they run from competition now more than ever. They run from adversity now more than ever. And that's not life. That's not, I mean, I guess, you know, I mean, I feel like Father Time sitting on my chair, you know, but, um, some of these folks are in for a rude awakening just as they go and move forward, not just with their athletic careers, but after. Because because life deals you some blows, and I know everybody listening understands, like, uh, life is hard, you know? and Very hard. Yeah, I mean, there's and you're going to go through adversity. You know, how do you respond? How do you pick yourself up off the mat? How do you adapt, improvise, and overcome whatever the obstacle may be? Um, and I, I feel like I just, it just feels like we're doing the youth of today or some of these college athletes a major disservice in letting them run at the first sign of trouble. I agree with you. I do want to ask you, in addition to your take, is there times when you – you encourage a young person to go to the portal and the portal is the right decision. Cause I feel like two things can be true at the same time. The portal has taught young student athletes, um, how to just run from the, the, the smallest bit of adversity and smallest bit of competition. But at the same time, I do feel like there are times when you do need to get into the portal. Do you feel the same way? Like, or when is, the right time for a young man or a young woman to get into the portal and go to another school. I mean, obviously, obviously everybody's situation is different. You know, I feel like, and, and no one's putting toothpaste back in this too, but mm-hmm. I felt like when you had to sit for a year to do it and then pe- and people still transferred at times, 
you know, not as rampant as it is now, but in those instances, people left for, for whatever was the right reason for them, they were leaving for the right reason because they had to make a sacrifice in that they weren't going to be eligible for the next year. Yeah. So you won't see that come back? No, I, I mean, I, honestly, I like that a hell of a lot better than what's going on right now. Yeah. Because, it's crazy right now. Well, I mean, and, and, and it's to go to go to the point, so Chase Burns, he's gone, I get it. But here's a notice for everyone, for every coach out there, if you didn't know, which these coaches, they do know this, you have to recruit a player, not just when he's not just when you recruit him out of high school, mm. not just when you're trying to get him from the transfer portal. You have to now recruit these players every single day. Every single day they're with you, you have to continue to recruit them. Mm. Mm. 100%. And sometimes it's harder to recruit them when you have them or keep them when you have them. And I, and I guess that was that was the the part with Chase Burns. You know, it was harder, harder to keep them, you know, when you had them. But, you know, I think um, it's just a reality. There is no, there is no, like, harsh reality or dose of reality or, or all right, we got you. Yeah, now, you know, now you got to, you better, whoever you were during the recruiting process, because we both know this. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got the, the coaches during the recruiting process, then you get here, it's like, wait a second. He's different. Yeah, this guy's a little different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Different. Now, whoever you are, you better be the same way during the recruiting process that you're going to be once a young man or young woman gets to campus. Yeah. Kevin, man, it's been fun. Man, it's always a blast. We got to do it again. And we will do it again. Cool. And we'll do it with Ben McKee during football season, man. So, like we talked about on Tuesday, we're going to make it happen. We're going to have you part of what we do moving forward. And, uh, man, glad that you were able to fill in for Ben this week. I had a blast. I know our listeners had a blast. And, uh, man, I wish we can go a little bit longer. But, uh, man, it is that time. It is that time. And Tuesday we'll we'll be back bright and early at 8 a.m. If you miss any part of the show, go check out the podcast. We will post it and um, apologize for the the little glitch there with the uh, I guess the internet. We'll have to find out what's up with Comcast on that one and what happened. But um, thank you everybody for patiently waiting and rocking with us when we got back. So uh, thank you and hope you have a great weekend for Kevin Simon. I am Jason Swain. The Swain event is fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Mm-mm. Let them take care of you this, this weekend. On Fridays, that's the best time to go out to eat. You know you're tired. You don't want to wash some dishes. Go out to eat. Go to Dead End Barbecue. Top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Peace and much love. We are out.